The South is an imaginary place where real things happen. Poet Lyra Van Cleef Stefanen. Austin Arojo is a writer from Northwest Arkansas. He is currently an MFA candidate in poetry at Indiana University, where he received an Academy of American Poets Prize. His poems are published in or forthcoming from Shenandoah, Memorias, The Rumpus, Four-Way Review, and elsewhere. Welcome to The Poet's Weave. I'm Romaine Rubinus Dorsey. Austin, what poems have you brought for us today? Back on Our Feet Akin to the wings of a fuel-depleted plane in the midst of an emergency landing, catching nothing but wind on her way down, her hands can't stop her as she slips on the twilight and dew-drenched grass at the bottom of the hill. The moonlight turns her tumble into a mostly seen and well-heard mistake, like an actor tripping across the stage as the scene blacks out. Her nights swell with cigarette smoke, and she walks, convening with wave after wave of ants who trail behind, holding court over those lonesome bugs, fearing then getting now her collapse in the wet Ozark dark. Let her inside. Let her be instead the dozing blue jay who sets down her wings and carefully shuts her eyes, whose head twitches with ease at any twigs break and tumult, whose brow refuses to corkscrew as if she could grow a future tense and sleep, who could fly from danger when needed. But she looks more troubled in rest than out of it, like a string section, awaiting their return from the quiets written for them, holding out for when they can finally again lift their instruments to their chins and play, which is really what my mother's doing down there, with the ants cozying up next to them, on the ground, and beside her, a stone standing so tall it could mark a tomb, but doesn't. The Window All the work that needed doing, the one task before us was unscrewing, loosening the thick, broken curtain that blocked the one window in my mother's living room, hermetically sealing us in darkness, cutting off outside sights and noises and convincing us to never venture. But now, with the curtain felled, lets the light finally in, sofa suddenly awash in our more particular sight, and the window, now open, lets us gaze out, gains us perspective onto the yard and the neighbor's horses across the way who meander from one toothy bite of clover to the next, morning mist falling upon their manes, breath softly poofing condensation out their muzzles. We can see all that from up here, on top of the hill, and the house my parents try to own for their children. And if we take our gaze up a little higher, past the horses in their barn, past the meadow, deep in its late summer preparation for the coming frost, we can see the modest height of the Boston Mountains and, tucked away between them, the White River, sluicing hikers' feet of some mud with a score of cicadas and crickets and laughter and the whinnies of horses and water singing loud and long enough to hear from here, echoes chasing sounds as if reaching out from the ground like a hot spring or zinnias in bloom. Reading How he reads the paper, his frail then firm exhalations gliding along each word, breath dancing a sentence's waltz and driven spin just below my ear, 
swaying in the quiet of a house otherwise buried beneath the din of my thoughts. The labor of my own reading is silent, corralling all of these books' voices in my head, refusing to let any out into the pasture of the room, while his tongue's soft percussion clicks in time with the folding and unfolding of his brow. Each comma gives him a chance to suck in more air, the noise of which sends my attention careening from the page, away from its castles and systems of magic, and toward his measured gasps that move me between fascination and disgust like the sounds of a loud chew. The muscles in his face must twitch then stiffen out of habit. No, he has only made this practice of meeting the printed word recently, turning the newspapers, box scores, and block quotes into speech, morphing his voice into music not his own but in his key, my father blowing quarter notes into this pasture, this field, this meadow, while the farm hands in my skull sigh at what seems like wasted work, keeping the boy and his wizard inside the fence. Watching him cross. What desire brims in him? So late in spring this initial crossing. The river a stillness. My father stuck scaling reeds. Mud anchoring his boots. To pass time he reads the stitches. His jeans. Maybe he says them aloud moves his lips and whispers like he will to bless his children each night. Our arms, small allowances of light, will be crossed too. Eyes closed like his. He will not tell us of the cities along the way. The story will start at the river, then suddenly Texas, like how my chest might begin to betray me with cough and his hand will arrive, honeyed with Vic's vapor rub. But not yet, but already aching, now distant river, strawberry. Driftwood The rain, slow wet procession, marches along her arms until it reaches her hands, which stay loosely bandaged now that every cut lingers, band-aids like ships passing each other on their way to and from the port called pain, each cell a sailor patrolling the deck called skin, heavy with the ordinary worry of the sea shook, squirrely with hunger and taking too long to heal since the last time she had gauze pressed to her body daily, stomach split open as a summer melon, blood pushed past its meager dressing as her boy peered between bedroom door and frame, placing his gaze upon then into her wound like an anchor dropped through the torpid sea upon which the ships pass, one after another, their paper prows falling apart in the water. You've been listening to Poetry by Austin Orojo on The Poet's Weave. I'm Romaine Rubinus-Dorsey.